0: Uh, my name is Kara Starosky, and my breed is the Beauceron. I've had Bosons for 15 years, and I'm currently serving as the American Beauceron Club's president and rescue chairperson. Well, I um, grew up, you know, we we had pet dogs when I was a kid. Uh, We had Rotties and Bernice Mountain Dogs. Um, And I really, really loved the look of the Boceran. I was 14 years old when I started looking at them. And I wanted a dog for junior handling that was, you know, sharp looking and attention getting, uh, but still was intelligent, that I could try other sports like agility with. Um, And the just fit that build. Plus, there was something that was just a little different, a little unique, and I got my first BOC when I was 15. Sure, well, actually, um, before I did any AKC or UKC showing, I actually started with my local 4-H program. Um, I was really lucky because I don't come from a dog show family. My family loves dogs, but they weren't dog show people, um, and it's really hard for uh, young people to get their foot in the door with AKC if they don't have a mentor or, you know, somebody guiding them. So I was really lucky that my local 4-H program had an excellent dog program. Um, The kids all have to learn junior handling and and obedience and dog knowledge with with their dogs. And so that's where I started. Um, So long before I began um, showing myself, I mean, I watched the Westminster Dog Show on TV, like it was the one school night of the year my parents let me stay up late just so I could watch the finale for Westminster, and I had um, decided then that I, I wanted a show dog. I wanted a dog I could show and compete with, um, and through the 4-H program, um, a woman named Carol LeBlanc, who was our, our local, one of our local 4-H leaders, um, and you know other people as well, too, and certainly as I got my on the Boceran community helped me as well, people who been in the breed longer than I um, so there's, there's a lot of people it takes, you know, what they say, it takes a village
1: mm-hmm.
0: so the Beauceron um, a lot of people see them and they think they're a new breed or they want to know are they a mix of like a Dobie and a roddy or a shepherd and a, and a roddy um, but they are their own breed, they're a very old breed that's native to France and they actually have no foreign crosses, meaning that the Beauceron was developed from local farm dogs and that's it In France, they were used um, as a living fence. So in the pastoral regions of France where they're from, it was very hard to set up permanent fencing, either because they they were grazing livestock on hilly mountainsides. So it, it was hard to set up any permanent fencing. So they used the dogs. The dogs would work around the flock, keeping them in whatever pasture they were supposed to be in, whatever path they were supposed to be on. So they are, first and foremost, a herding breed. Um, So with the Introduction of um, electric fencing, electric like um, netting, netted fencing. Um, the dog's job in Europe as a herding dog is almost obsolete. There's still some tough old farmers who use them uh, because they're stuck in their ways or they're proud of their dogs. Um, so more modern functions for them. We do see them used a little bit in police and military work, particularly in Europe. Not so much here. Um, but a lot of people who enjoy doing dog sports love having a bouncer on because they do have some versatility so if you like to do you know a little bit of agility a little bit of dock diving a little bit of nose work they can do all that
1: stuff right and have you seen them um used for any uh like personal protection or guardian work
0: I have seen them um, used, uh, you know, sometimes people train them a little bit for ring sports or what used to be IPO, but it's now I- IGA. Um, the problem with the Bostron is that they're very slow to mature. So you really, like, you can start working a Malinois a year, 16 months. Bostron, you need to wait till they're two, if not older, before you really start serious work with them. And they're very in tune with their handler. This can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing that makes them unique to train. If you are frustrated with them, they will pick right up on that and shut down. They won't want to continue working with you. Um, the other problem is they can be very defensive with their handler. So if your decoy or helper is not used to working a Bosron, um, you can have a dog who goes from a good working dog to a dog who's just defensive all the time and really is is not safe to be around, or not safe to trial, Uh, so if if somebody's thinking of working a Beauceron in a protection sport, they have to be really experienced, and you really, you have to love the breed, not so much as the sport, Um, when I had the opportunity to go to the Beauceron National Specialty in their native land in France, there were um, over 500 dogs entered in the show, and of that, only, there were only six Beaucerans competing in uh, French ring in in the bite work portion over there, so that really tells you that it's, um, you can do it with them but they're not ideally suited, if that makes sense.
2: Consider joining our Patreon community to access exclusive content, early releases and personalized experiences. Subscribing not only supports Sean from the Bulldog Social Club, but also connects you with a community of like-minded enthusiasts. Whether you enjoy Sean's interviews, appreciate creative processes, or desire exclusive perks, your subscription plays a crucial role. Click the link, subscribe, and be a part of this journey with us.
1: Uh, do you see that they do have natural guarding, guardian, uh, guardian uh, instincts as far as like your property and... and Oh, absolutely. You, and you don't
0: need to encourage it. It is there. They will let you know when somebody's here. And just their size is enough that, you know, I always feel safe when I have my dogs. Just their size alone is enough to make people move away from them. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. They let you know when somebody's here. And I i don't think a
1: stranger would ever walk into a Beauceron's house. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Talking about size, could you tell us the uh, the AKC standards and the FCI, and is there a difference between the two? So when the Boston
0: Club was um, trying to make the breed AKC, and we had to come up with the breed standard, one of the most important things was that we really, really tried to stick to the French standard. We tried very hard not to change. Anything, you know, sometimes when things get accepted into AKC, stuff will get changed or altered. So we tried really, really hard not to deviate from the french standard um, but so the boston room doesn't have a specific weight requirement but i average the males are about 90 pounds 90 95 females are a little less at 80 85. Um, we do have a height requirement that actually it's a disqualification um, the males can't go over 27 and a half inches at the shoulders And the judges actually, they can measure them. They can use a wicket and measure them. Um, And in France, all the dogs have to be measured. Like, even if they look like they're perfectly within size, they still measure not only their height, but they measure the, uh, they take skull measurements. Um, and they, so the boys have to be 27 and a half, 25 and a half to 27 and a half inches at their shoulder, and the gals have to be 24 to 26 and a half inches at the shoulder. And
1: anything above or under that is a disqualification. Mm-hmm. And what about, uh, the, the color? What are the, the colors and what are the disqualifying colors?
0: Sure. So there's, the Beauceron is recognized in two colors. We have the, uh, I don't want to call it more traditional, but the more common variety, the, what we call the black and red, or the French call noir et feu, black and fire. And so it's a black dog with markings on their face. They should have the red stockings. Um, they have little markings on their butt it's adorable mm-hmm. <laughs> and the harlequin the rest of the dog community would call it merle, um but following french standard we refer to it as harlequin Um, it's still a black and tan dog underneath, but it has gray splotches that should be evenly distributed throughout the body. The interesting thing about the Harlequin Boceran is as puppies and as, you know, young teenagers, their color is so vibrant. It's, it's breathtaking. And then as they get older, they fade. And some of them by mid, you know, by middle age, almost look like dusty black and tans because the color really has faded that much. Uh, we don't know why this happens, and a couple breeders here in the U.S. have recently started um, doing some genetic testing with companies like Vermodia, who study the mole gene, to try to figure out why that happens, because it certainly is a unique thing to the Becerron to have that dramatic of a colour change.
2: Actually, one of the pictures I see- do you enjoy listening to audio podcasts like I do? Consider joining the Bulldog Social Club Spotify membership. For a limited time, it's only $1.99. Get early releases and personalised experiences. Subscribing not only supports Sean from the Bulldog Social Club, but also connects you with a community of like-minded enthusiasts. Whether you enjoy Sean's interviews, appreciate creative processes, or desire exclusive perks, your subscription plays a crucial role. Click the link, subscribe, and be a part of this journey with us. Sent you was a side by side of a young puppy, and then pictured
0: again at so pictured at four months, and then at four years. And, you, and she actually held her color pretty well. I don't remember if you remember seeing that yeah. one, but what a dramatic change! Right, definitely. And I have seen some that are even more. The dogs really look black and tan. You really got to look to see where that gray is. They shouldn't have, ideally, they don't have any white on them at all. A small white spot on the chest is permissible, um, but really, you don't want that. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two colors. Historically, um, the Beauceron did come in a red, like the Doberman, and a blue, like the Doberman. Um, and every once in a while, we see those colors pop up, just from time to time, just like sometimes red Rottweilers happen. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Every once in a while, we see those, but those are, you know, pet, you know, just pets. They can't be shown. The mm-hmm. UKC shows, um, they acknowledge the Beauceron. Um And, you know, of course, FCI, you know, and the Boceran has been AKC since 2007. Mm -hmm. They are, they prefer cold weather. They are a cold weather dog. They, you know, that nice, they have a much thicker coat than like a Doberman. um, So it does keep them well insulated. But, I mean, they are adaptable. I know plenty of Bocerans who do just fine down in Florida and Texas. Mm -hmm. So they are adaptable. So, uh, like most herding breeds, there is always going to be that desire to chase. Mm-hmm. And it's you know up to the to the owner to kind of guide the dog. that, No, we don't chase the kitties. No, we don't you know bother the small dogs. So I'm a groomer, and my dogs occasionally come to work with me, and they all know we don't bother the little dogs when they're getting groomed. On cats, and they don't chase them. Um, but I know that if, if, they, if the dog doesn't have guidance, yes, they will chase cats, they will chase chickens. They need that guidance. Right. So we don't, you know, like certain breeds, like the Doberman, for example, is notorious for same-sex aggression issues. We don't see that as much in the Beauceron. Um, you know, I know plenty of people who have harmonious households with same-gender dogs. Um, the males can be a little bit bossy with each other, a little bit grumbly, some posturing. Um, but it's it's unusual for a Beauceron to be very dog aggressive. It's, it's pretty
1: uncommon. Uh, Tell us about your your recent experience there in New York. What was that like?
0: Oh, sure. So, like I was saying, um, as a kid, I stayed up and I watched Westminster, and I wanted to show there so badly Um, and my first two Beaucerans were were more pet quality, so they were not uh, Westminster material. And then I finally got a little female who is just, she's a really wonderful little dog. Um, I enjoy showing her so much. And so we showed in Westminster in New York City for the first time last year. And it was quite the experience. It really, it's um, so different than any other dog show. Westminster is a bench show, meaning you have to stay there during these show hours so the public can come see your dog. And showing in, in the Westminster ring, and even, we're not even talking about the group rings you see on TV, we're talking about the small rings where they do the individual breed judging, it's so different than any other dog show. I mean, I'm a pretty experienced exhibitor, not much rattles me, but I was nervous walking into that show ring, because um, when you're on the... Uh, Inside, looking out, it's just a sea of people, and everybody has their phones and their cameras and they're videotaping and recording you and, you know, the flashes from all angles, there's a loudspeaker right over your head, like you can't even hear yourself think. Um, there's guys with the professional camera equipment at each corner of the ring. I mean, these cameras are huge. <sighs> um, totally, like, it, it's, it was really, I was nervous going in that ring. Um, but once we started showing, we hit our routine, we did fine, we were not the winners, but I was so happy just to be there. So it was it was quite the experience. UKC does. It's called um, Premier, uh, which it's held, I believe, out in Michigan every year, um, and they invite the top ten from each of the breeds to go and compete. Uh, I have never gone out there and competed. Um, Michigan's a long drive yeah. <laughs> from Connecticut, um, but I know a lot of people go and enjoy it every year. Um, UKC showing is a lot of fun. It's um, You can only show your own dog. So in AKC, uh, you can pay a handler to show your dog for you. And in UKC, they don't allow that. A handler can show their own dog, um, but you can't be paid to show someone else's dog. So it's a little bit more of a level playing field, a lot of people think. So I always enjoy the UKC shows as well. um, UKC is really for the working man's dog. They promote a lot more hunting events for coo and beagles. Um, they do not allow any product in the dog. So, like, when you go there and you look at the poodles, the styling of them is so different than what you're used to for AKC because they do not allow hairspray. Um, so poodles don't have to be in the um, traditional continental or English saddle clips that you're used to seeing. Mm-hmm so if I'm wrong I'm sorry uh, I think they just have to have an inch of hair so the judge can make sure the dog has the correct hair texture um, but yet no product so you're not going to see dogs with that flat iron hair that you, like you see like Yorkies where that hair is like pinned straight because there's no product allowed
1: talk about your uh, morning and uh, evening routine with your dogs what do you, uh, what, do you what does that look like
0: <laughs> so for the Boston, it's all about they want to run around. Uh, we have a small farm, mm-hmm. so the dogs just—you um, let them out in the morning and you look out the window, and they are just doing laps on their own up in the horse pasture because that is what a Boston wants to do. They
1: want to run and run and run. They have an incredible amount of energy. Mm-hmm. What uh, what kind of kennel setup do you have? Do you are they do they stay in your house or?
0: So I only have, um, three, both runs, uh, only, you know, only, <laughs> yes. it's stuff like 300 pounds of dog, but only three. Um, so mine live in my house and they do love their people. So they're not ideally suited for, um, you know, being away from them all the time. Mm-hmm. Not to say that, uh, you
2: know, we do have a, a fenced in kennel
0: area in the backyard. So if my husband and I are both working a long day and it's nice weather, they will be out out there, um, but the majority of their life is on the couch.
1: Well, our car- previous conversation—you were talking about you're gonna, you, you're possibly gonna have your uh, first uh, litter.
0: Yes, yes. Um, so uh, my youngest, she's three now. She completed all of her health testing. So for the Bosron, um, the Beauceron Club Code of Ethics, um, and our the, K- the OFA, so the canine. K- Um, the chick numbers requires that Beaucerans have their elbows, hips, eyes, and heart examined for genetic problems. So Mahalo recently just passed all of those. So I went to France to scout out um, a potential stud dog for her and I found a couple dogs that I really, really liked. So crossing my fingers that this um, Going with her he cycles, that we will have our first litter uh, this December, That's we'll when she'll be bred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so puppies in February, and I'll get to enjoy having adorable puppies in the nice, warm spring weather of April. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sam, I'm breeding for myself. I would like a puppy from her. Yeah. She's such a nice little dog, so yes so i'm a huge supporter of the phrase feed the dog that's in front of you Mm -hmm. you know kind of going on the idea that every dog is different every dog's needs are different so you really need to do what's best for them um i since i the first breeder that i purchased my boceron from again 15 years ago um really encouraged a raw diet And that's what I have fed to all of my dogs ever since then, and I've never looked back. So that is what I like to feed. I make it myself a a blend of meat, bone, organ, small amount of vegetables, small amount of dairy, very small. Like, I'm talking, like a spoonful of yogurt a couple times a week mostly just because one of the dogs really likes it Um, but I've been comfortably making my own dog food that way for again for 15 years but I understand it's not for everybody you know people who you know don't have the time for it and trying to buy this stuff that's pre-made is very expensive for a big dog Um, and I know plenty of restaurants who do just fine on a kibble diet so it's again big supporter of feed the dog in front of you Um, So, as far as large dogs go, bosons are pretty healthy, and they have decent longevity for the size dog that they are, Uh, but certainly things to be aware of are hip and elbow dysplasia in the breed, eye issues, we're seeing uh, more and more dogs with entropion, so that's something certainly to be aware of, Um, and... You know, the, the biggest heartbreak in the breed is the dilated cardiomyopathy, which any Doberman owner will tell you is absolutely horrific. Uh, my first birth was uh, diet of DCM, and it's when the heart enlarges. And it's really, it's a, it's a very hard way to to lose your dog. Uh,
2: Consider joining our Patreon community to access exclusive content, early releases, and personalized experiences. Subscribing not only supports Sean from the Bulldog Social Club, but also connects you with a community of like-minded enthusiasts. Whether you enjoy Sean's interviews, appreciate creative processes, or desire exclusive perks, your subscription plays a crucial role. Click the link, subscribe, and be a part of this journey with us.
0: I grew up with Bernice mountain dogs who tend to get cancer. And when a dog gets cancer you can tell they're tired. Their bodies are tired. It's I don't wanna say that it's easy to to put them to sleep, but the, the dogs are ready the dogs are hurting the dogs are in pain the trouble with DCM is their brains and mind stay alert right until the very end it's just their bodies fail them they can't get up they can't do the things that they used to do um, my old man um when i would like pick up the dog show bag he wanted to go he knew exactly what that dog show bag was he he couldn't understand at all why he couldn't go with me anymore um so but he was almost at a point where he was he couldn't do stairs anymore um and he really he was struggling just to to stand it he'd like get stuck in his crate we'd have to take the crate apart to help them out of it so that's why dcm is hard because the dog's brain is is active and as alert as ever just the bodies fail them mm-hmm. um the other uh, ocd which is a problem with shoulders we're seeing more of that um but those are the biggest biggest concerns certainly i think dcm is the biggest thing threatening the breed and to be aware of mm-hmm. Um, so the American Beauceron Club is the parent club here in the United States, states, which means that it's the uh, AKC's affiliate club for the Beauceron. Um, The Beauceron Club's first, most important job is they maintain the breed standard here in the United States. So they work with AKC to derive that written standard for what a perfect or what an ideal Beauceron should be. Um, and only the parent club can make changes in that, like, you know, say we suddenly decided we wanted to allow the blue and red Beceran, um, it would be decided by the parent club. Um, their other jobs is they run the Breeders Code of Ethics, so a responsible breeder will follow those, follow the uh, importance of health testing, breeding dogs only with good temperament, and selling only to responsible puppy buyers, never selling to pet stores or brokers or anything like that. Um, the Bosron Club also maintains uh, the breed rescue, so another really, really important thing. And of course, they host Bosron events like the national specialty or supported entries, things like that, for people who show. Mm-hmm. I have—I um, was the club's first junior member, um, and about six years ago, I started volunteering more, and I was—I. Volunteered to run the rescue, so I became a rescue chairperson, mm-hmm. um, and then I served as vice president for two years, and then I'm in the middle of a two-year term as president, and I'm still serving as rescue chair, and I'm our judge's education chairperson. So I wear a lot of hats.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you um, hold uh, the breeders accountable? Do you guys um, have a database where they have to prove they're health tested and all that or?
0: So we, um, when a, when a breeder or anybody joins the club, um, uh, they agree to abide by the code of ethics. Um, if they are found to be breaking the code of ethics, we actually have to have a hearing. Um, and it's, uh, the disciplinary process, um, presented with evidence saying that, okay, you know, this person bred a dog who is known to have a bad temperament. So the board of directors has to look at that and make sure that there's sufficient proof that, that, yes, that really happens. The breeders given a chance to respond um, and see, you know, was it a misunderstanding or are they really doing something wrong? And then we proceed from there. So that's... It's kind of, you know, certainly it's a difficult topic to do things like that because many of these people breeders have known each other for years, many are friends, but the Boceran comes first. The the health of the dog and the
1: dogs that they're breeding and the temperaments, that all comes first. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you guys are taking measures to not...
2: Do you enjoy listening to audio podcasts like I do? Consider joining the Bulldog Social Club Spotify membership. For a limited time, it's only $1.99. Get early releases and personalised experiences. Subscribing not only supports Sean from the Bulldog Social Club, but also connects you with a community of like-minded enthusiasts. Whether you enjoy Sean's interviews, appreciate creative processes, or desire exclusive perks, your subscription plays a crucial role. Click the link, subscribe, and be a part of this journey with us.
1: Let the show quality dog uh, take over the, the capable working dog, am I correct in my assertion? No.
0: correct. The Beauceron, first and foremost, is a herding dog. Um, So that's why we are strongly discouraging. You know, we've seen some really big males. If you see my boy Jackal, um, he's a big dog. He's a very large male. He's as big as they ever should be. but he really, he's, he's too big to do his job. He could not go herd a flock of sheep all day. He's just, he's too large. He would be
1: worn out you know,
0: partway through the day. So we really, really are are emphasizing that breeders, we're looking for moderate dogs. It it isn't, you know, the biggest is not the best when it comes to the bosron. They should be, they're a large dog, but they should be a moderate dog in all proportions. And yes, we, you know, form should absolutely follow function. That's why there's nothing really extreme about the bosron. They're not super big. They're not super small. They don't have super short noses. They don't have super long noses. Everything about them is just moderate. Mm -hmm. And that's even, you know, one of the things that being involved with the judge's education committee, one of the things we emphasize is even in a showing, the Boceran shouldn't be trimmed. They're supposed to be presented natural and rustic. That means we're not supposed to be shaving whiskers. We're not supposed to be trimming ears. A good boss run doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. Um, over in France, <laughs> the groomer in me was a little horrified. They presented dogs who were dusty and dirty to the judges, and the judges did not seem to mind one bit. I feel like if we tried to do that in the AKC ring, we might, <laughs> we'd get laughed at. But yes. you know, they are a rustic dog, and they should be. Luckily, the, really not too much, not compared to, you know, you mentioned, you know, bulldogs, and you look at pictures from the bulldogs, you know, even not even 100 years ago, even 70 years ago. Look how much the bulldog has changed. Bostron really is. Not a lot different. We're seeing again, not just and not just here in the United States too. Also over in France, you hear comments quite regularly that the dogs are becoming too big, they're too heavy, too much bone, um, and not that you know substance is a good thing, but they shouldn't be overdone. They shouldn't be that large. So other than that, really, they've changed very little. Very little. We see more holoquins than we used to. Um, that's the moral coloring again, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think we're just, a lot of people who have the Boston as a pet, they're attracted to the color, so we are seeing more harlequins than we used to, for sure. Right. Yes, and that's the, the good breeders will always tell, remind their puppy owners, or puppy buyers, that the color does not stay. Right. Yep, so we, um, I've never, I have helped Canadian rescues, but our primary focus is dogs in the United States. Um... Luckily, we're not needed very often. We have become increasingly busier in the past couple of years, unfortunately. But that's what we're here for. That's what the club is here for, to protect the breed. So we have a nationwide network of fosters. And so people from all over the country uh, have volunteered their hearts and their homes to fostering a BOSI. So if a dog shows up in a shelter, you know, out in California, that's okay. I've got contacts out there, even though I'm from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, we take dogs from private owners. The number one reason that restaurants are surrendered to us is because they are too active. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how high their energy level is and how much they need an outlet. Um, we have pulled dogs from shelters. Uh, I had a really, really pretty dog. Um, He was emailed to me from a friend who rescues Dobermans, and he was in a local shelter and he was listed as a Doberman. So I asked the shelter to send more pictures, but the dog had no dew claws which the Beauceron is known for their double dew claws but he really looked like one. So I asked if a volunteer could go evaluate him, and she did, and she's like, I really think he looks like a Beauceron too. And we got the information from the shelter, and the shelter explained that the dog had belonged to a trucker, and the guy, uh, his truck got repossessed, so he was homeless, he surrendered the dog, he had purchased the dog from someone who told him it was a Doberman-Great Dane mix, so he'd had the dog for a couple years. Well, long story short, the foster home got the dog home and he was a sweetie and he rolled over on his back for a belly rub and he had a tattoo on his thigh, which some breeders instead of using microchips, they tattooed the dogs in the thigh or the ear mm-hmm. as a permanent means of identification. So we were actually able to get this guy safely back to his breeder and she was able to find him a good home. But it's just, it's crazy that somewhere along the lines, his claws were removed and, you know, the guy didn't even
1: know what kind of dog he had. Outside of uh, France, where is the largest uh, Beauceron population? It's
0: a good question. Um, I mean, we do have a lot of them here in the United States. There's a lot of um, them in the Czech Republic. We see a lot of Beaucerons coming also out of Belgium. Um, hmm you know, the US has quite a few and the and the Czech has quite a few. I mean they're scattered throughout Europe though, certainly. Oh, definitely. Um I mean we, we have them all over, but certainly there's a more BOCES out on the west coast. The uh, I'll fondly refer to her as the grandmother of our breed. Carla Davis has is the longest Longest running breeder in the United States, and she's out in California. So naturally, there's a lot more out there because um, she's been been breeding Beaucrons out there for nearly
1: 40 years. Well, is there any any last words? Uh, any anything you'd like to convey? And... Certainly. Um, most importantly, to people interested
0: in the breed, absolutely do your research, and if you get the chance, spend time with some Beaucrons in person. Um, Uh, You know, especially me running the rescue, I'm always open to new people who want to meet the breed. And I'll say, you know, come meet me for a hike or come over and see my dogs, play ball in the yard with them for an hour. And sometimes people will throw the ball for the dogs for an hour, and they're like, these dogs aren't tired. I'm like, I know they're not. (laughs) it takes a lot to tire out them. They're like, oh, maybe this isn't the right dog for us. So, you know, do your research ahead of time. Um, certainly, if you are looking for a breeder, we keep a list on the Bates Run Club's website of breeders who should be following the Code of Ethics, which is important. And Alternatively, if you're looking for a rescue dog, we also keep our rescue dogs on there. So we have, we have both, whatever anybody wants, whatever fits in that, everybody's lifestyle. Um, and j- again, just keep in mind, a good breeder is so important for that temperament, you know, to know what your
1: puppy is going to end up like. Thank you very much, and um, I hope to talk to you someday in the near future. Absolutely. You're welcome, Sean.